Welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm Kate Johnston, and I'm an eating habit and weight loss coach for career women. I'll help you become the person who no longer has bad eating habits and loses the weight she really wants to in a way that lasts. Let's start. Hi there, welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm recording this podcast episode way in advance of it being published because the week that it comes out, my brother Jake is visiting from Las Vegas, so it'll be a little bit busier than normal, and it's my 40th birthday on July 11th, so that means as my own boss, I'm giving myself the day off from work on my birthday, and my husband Paul and I are going to either Newport or Narragansett, Rhode Island for the afternoon. If you've never been to either, both are gorgeous coastal towns that have everything you could ever want in a New England coastal experience. Newport is famous for its mansions that are along the cliffs. Narragansett is a smaller version of Newport in a sense and probably my favorite place in the whole world so far at least. It has enough to do but is still very peaceful. So in my podcasts I typically don't talk a whole lot about myself because I want it to be centered around helping you but sometimes an experience that I had or maybe a personal story will be very helpful to you as you may relate very closely. This is one of those cases and today I'm going to talk about my emotional eating habit or I should say my former emotional eating habit. I'll share my story and I'm also sharing the two major things that broke my emotional eating habit. As you probably already know, I was a physician assistant for 15 years full-time and I had chosen this career path when I was a child. I had wanted to be a surgeon ever since I was old enough to know what a surgeon was, so my very early years. At that time, of course, I knew nothing about what life would actually be like as a physician or as a surgeon, but I had committed to that career as a kid. And once I commit to something, I'm all in and not backing out. That's not necessarily a great thing all the time. Many times it is, but not 100% of the time. Then when I was in high school, I changed this a little bit and went from wanting to be a surgeon to wanting to be a physician assistant. I credit my mom for finding this career because I had no idea what a PA was, but it sounded like a really good balance of being able to do what I wanted to do and be in the OR, but also having time for family, maybe a little bit less responsibility as well, and also less schooling. That was a big one for me. I did not want to go to school for another eight years. So a few other factors sort of played a part and ultimately I became a physician assistant. I was pretty miserable in my first job, not purely because of the job, but also because of some other things going on in my life at the time, and also a lot of anxiety. I had developed a significant amount of stress and anxiety during PA school that just carried over into my first job. And I didn't feel miserable all the time, but much of the time. 
I was regretting my choice and was super grateful that I had not gone down the path of becoming a surgeon because if I became a surgeon and then regretted that, I think I would have felt way worse. So to get through my days, I would find any comfort I could, and that was typically food. Food was abundant, right? It's all around you. It's very easy and it's very quick. And specifically for me, it was carbohydrates. So bread, pasta, cereal, pretzels, crackers. This was an easy way for me to feel some temporary comfort from that stress, anxiety, and also I was feeling lots of regret in in my decision as well. So those carbohydrates were like a magnet for me. As soon as I thought about a box of crackers, I instantly felt hungry and looked forward to that box of crackers when I got home from work. I would then tell myself, well, that's your reward for getting through this day. So of course, then when I went home after work, you betcha I was getting a bowl of those crackers. And In college, I was never really a big drinker. However, once I was a physician assistant and making money, I was able to afford wine. I liked wine, so I would start to just look forward to going home after a long day, especially a really long day in the OR, and going for a quick run, unless it was nine o'clock at night at that point, to try to get some stress out, and then eating my carbs for dinner and having a glass of wine, and then eating my carbs for snack as well. And it was pretty much never more than one glass. Maybe I'd have a second glass of wine, but that certainly wasn't every day. And I usually reserve the wine for the really bad days at work, which sometimes was most of the days during the week. So I didn't have a problem with alcohol, but I think I definitely started to develop a habit of looking forward to using that glass of wine to try to ease the discomfort of the stress and the anxiety and the difficulty of the day. And so pretty soon I found that the wine did help very temporarily, but it was very temporary. Unfortunately, though, even though my brain knew that it was temporary and it was not a good treatment, because I did feel relaxed while I was drinking that glass of wine and for a little bit after, my brain saw that as a, or my brain connected that together and then I wanted to do that again, right? And the same thing with the carbs. And so I was using the carbs and a little bit of wine as sort of a quote-unquote treatment for the stress and for the anxiety. It was something that I could look forward to as far as a quick, pleasurable thing after what I felt like was a terrible day at work. I also used my busy work schedule and lack of time as a very good excuse to just have a few bowls of cereal or a big plate of pasta for dinner instead of a more well-rounded dinner of protein, vegetables, and maybe a little bit of carbs. Because quick and easy is very enticing when you feel like you have limited time. And those are the yummy things, right? The big bowl of pasta. So of course my brain was looking for any excuse just to have the big bowl of pasta or the few bowls of cereal. So it was telling me that I didn't have time to cook a little bit of chicken and vegetables or a little bit of beef and vegetables and a carb, right? And 
if you already want to, to eat the carbs, right? Like the pasta and things like that, your brain is going to validate that very easily with thinking, well, I don't have time to cook something else. That's what mine was doing for sure for years. Do you ever find that your brain is doing that? It most likely is. And that's completely normal. So back then in my mind, I had the treatment for how crummy I was feeling, and also I was trying to treat the underlying things of stress and anxiety with other means. I was reading lots of books on stress and anxiety relief, sort of looking for more natural ways. I was running and cycling to try to relieve some of the stress. I was trying to do some deep breathing using aromatherapy, spending as much time laughing with friends, doing other relaxing activities like reading or playing the flute or painting. And all these things were great and they definitely added so much to my life. And I really do feel like they helped to manage that stress and anxiety better than if I did not do these things. So I noticed that I was doing all of these things and feeling better to some extent, but I was still emotionally eating. And I didn't like the outcome of emotionally eating. I noticed that my clothes were getting tighter. I had always been very thin and fit my entire life up until that point, And I was starting to notice that I wasn't looking like that anymore. So no one would have looked at me and said that I was overweight. But when I looked at me, I felt overweight and I didn't feel like myself because at the time I'd probably gained, uh, I don't know. It was it was not a ton of weight, but it was actually a large percentage for me just because I was on the smaller side. I also started worrying that I would continue in that direction and keep gaining weight, especially since I knew that metabolism starts slowing down over the years. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm running and exercising and I'm still gaining weight. Like, what is this going to be like when I either slow down with the running and the exercising or my metabolism slows down. So the first thing I tried was cutting calories specifically for lunch. I would purposefully bring something for lunch that was only like two to 300 calories and then bring a snack. I expected this to last me all day and all day at that job at the time could have been up to 12 or 14 hours if I was on call. I did lose weight, but I couldn't keep it off because I got tired of trying to just eat a total of like 400 to 600 calories during the actual work day. Of course, I was eating foods at home as well, so that was bringing me up to a higher amount of calories, but overall, I had decreased my calorie consumption for the day pretty moderately. Um, So I did lose weight, but I couldn't keep it off. So I did end up gaining it back plus another 10 pounds or so because the emotional eating just got worse. I hadn't solved anything. And little did I know that the wine, the alcohol that's in the wine was just making my anxiety worse. The whole time I was actually thinking that it was helping temporarily, or at least part of my brain thought so, but in fact, the alcohol was making my anxiety worse. And I didn't really understand this until I started reading articles and research on it over the years. So at this point, 
I was not liking the effects of my emotional eating habit and I was realizing that wine was not really making it better and of course the carbohydrates were not making anything better and I'm not saying carbohydrates in general, just the amount of carbohydrates I was eating and the fact that I wasn't eating a lot of protein and I wasn't eating a lot of like other foods that had all the other nutrients in them, right? And I was nervous that the wine would turn into more of a habit, right? And I think, like I said, it probably already was a habit to some extent because I was using it like I was using the food with emotional eating. I was also realizing that all of the other things like exercise, the relaxation techniques, all those things were helping, but not quite enough. Oh, I was also trying different like herbs as well. For all the herbs out there that are supposed to be helpful for anxiety, I probably tried all of them and I didn't find any of them really helpful. So after I realized all of these things were not really helping significantly enough, it prompted a change. I hated not feeling like myself. I hated feeling like my stress and anxiety was getting worse. I was fearful of going downhill health-wise as well. And this whole time, I changed my circumstances thinking that that would help. What I mean by this is that I told my now ex-husband, Ricky, he was my husband at the time, that I wanted to look for a new job. We both had talked about moving closer to the ocean, and so we ended up moving to Connecticut from Pennsylvania, where I accepted a job that I considered to be a lot less stressful. It was more of a normal job as far as number of hours during the week. And at my job prior, I was working anywhere from like 50 to 80 hours a week. And even though this job was more normal hours, like, you know, maybe 45 hours a week on average, I still felt a lot of stress, interestingly, and I still felt a lot of anxiety. So the job itself, even though I moved from one job that I considered at the time at least to be highly stressful to a job that was not as like hit the ground running kind of a thing, I still ended up feeling extremely stressed all the time and very anxious and tense all the time. It didn't start out quite that way, I think, because compared to my job I had just left in Pennsylvania, this one seemed like such an improvement, right? And But eventually, probably within six months or a year of being in, in that new job, I was really starting to ramp up, I was really starting to notice that the stress and anxiety didn't really leave me. And I was now living in, in an area that I wanted to be living in. So this was wonderful, right? And I had just gotten married to Ricky. Life was good, but not really because my anxiety was terrible. And I was still looking to those same comforts, the carbs and the wine. I found new things to be stressed about. And that so that really wasn't all that improved. And like I said, I had carried over that stress and anxiety from my current job in Pennsylvania. So we ended up buying a house in Rhode Island went through the stress of a move and then went through the stress of a divorce. So 
my point is here that you can change your circumstance as far as a job. You can change where you live. You can change your (laughs) spouse even, right? But there's always going to be things coming up in your life where stress or another emotion will come up for you that doesn't feel good. You really can't escape that. I also learned that I could do all the running and all the exercising that I wanted to, but I was not escaping the anxiety. It was kind of like I was trying to run the anxiety out of me. I would tire myself out so much in hopes that that would get my anxiety to go away. And it felt good while I was doing the activity and even afterwards, but that anxiety was still always there. And I do think probably if I wasn't exercising and doing some of the relaxation things that I was doing, that the anxiety for sure would have been worse. So I think I was managing it decently to some extent with those things. And it wasn't until a little bit later that two massive things changed my life. They ended my emotional eating habit and just changed my life in many other ways than just the emotional eating aspect. Those two things were learning how to really address my emotions and manage them until I broke the emotional eating habit and felt so much more at peace as well as sort of a byproduct. The other was placing more value on my body and my life than I had been. This meant learning some self-love and body love. I had just been beating myself up and berating myself over the years with my thoughts. Probably since early childhood, to be honest. I was not filling my head with healthy thoughts, so of course I wasn't filling my body with healthy foods. Once I started valuing what my body enabled me to do, which included enabling me to do the activities I love to do, like running and cycling and playing soccer and volleyball, it included enabling me to have experiences with my husband Paul and my stepson Ryan, my family and friends. I started appreciating my brain even because it enabled me to have deep conversations, which I so love to have. I started appreciating all the body parts and organs that will keep me living a long time so that I can continue helping people through my career, whether that be as a physician assistant back then or as an eating habit and weight loss coach now. And then as far as learning how to address and manage my emotions, that was absolute key. And that has all to do with how our thoughts create our emotions, plus learning the skill to actually feel your emotions rather than trying to escape them or not feel them all the emotions. Because without the negative emotions, we don't feel those positive emotions as much. And once you realize that you have the power to change how you feel in your body, to change your emotion, you feel so much more control. You feel so powerful. You feel like you can do anything. You feel like if you want to feel a more positive emotion, you can do so with your own thoughts. 
And that's seriously one of the best feelings in the world, I think. And what helped me with processing and managing emotions was life coaching, which is why I incorporate this into my coaching now. So I'm no longer someone who's anxious, whereas prior I was diagnosed as having generalized anxiety disorder and placed on medicine for this for years. And I don't take this medicine anymore. In fact, I don't take any medications at all. I don't feel anxious on a daily basis like I used to. I don't even really hardly feel anxious at all. This alone not only means that I feel so much better every day, but also I do not look at food the same way as I used to when I was feeling anxious. I don't see it as a treatment or a comfort. I'm also no longer someone who is constantly stressed out, irritated, or on edge. Now, of course, there are going to be some things that will cause stress, right? But I know that really what's causing the stress in my body is my thoughts about the thing, my thoughts about the circumstance. And I know how to go about managing this. I can either keep the thought and allow the stress for a bit, or I can look at the situation or circumstance in a different way if I choose to and feel another emotion in my body besides stress. How this all helps with emotional eating is that when you know how to manage your emotions, you don't need food to take away or to buffer the emotion. You don't need food to escape the emotion. The negative emotion is no longer something that you need to run from. It's no longer seen as something terrible and it's no longer something that you feel out of control with. Your brain is no longer linking emotion with a need for food. And a common emotion with emotional eating that I see often is boredom eating. This is the same. So boredom eating doesn't sound like a a terrible emotion to sit with, right? But we still find that boredom is really uncomfortable. And that's why boredom eating is very common. And also eating is an activity, right? So it's like killing two birds with one stone. So this is the same though. You could certainly do things so that you're not bored, but you can also manage the emotion of boredom so that it's not seen by your brain as being something that you need to escape from with food. It's not nearly as uncomfortable as it currently may be for you. I think managing the emotions is a skill that is well worth learning. Well, I know that it's a skill that's well worth learning because like I said, emotions will come up for you. And as life gets busier and more stressful, if we don't manage our emotions, if we don't learn the skill of doing this, it's just going to get worse, right? Negative emotions will come up. Boredom will come up, you, so you can't escape them or distract yourself from them all the time. I like to liken it to squeezing them into a jar and just hoping that they don't come up again for you. But what ends up happening is the more you squeeze those negative emotions into a jar, the more pressure builds up. And so the more intensely you end up feeling these down the road and that is not comfortable at all, right? So you can try changing your circumstances, thinking that they will change how you feel like I erroneously did, but it's really your thoughts that create how you feel. So if you change your circumstance, but not your thoughts, your thoughts will just come right along with you to the next circumstance. 
So for example, if you feel that your job is causing you stress, if you're not managing your thoughts about the job or you're not processing your emotion, you're not feeling the stress, and you switch jobs, you're just going to take those same thoughts with you that were causing the stress. And maybe not right away, but eventually you'll start feeling that stress again after that honeymoon period. So different job, but same thoughts and same feeling of stress and same poor management of the stress emotion right? So different thoughts means different feelings. And also managing the stress means that you can go into any circumstance, right? You can go into any job. And if you know how to manage the stress well, or whatever emotion might come up for you, you're going to have a much better time. Your experience of life is going to be so much better. Your experience of the job is going to be so much better, right? So You can have the same job, but think about it differently or think about the people you work with differently and you can have a different feeling and different experience of the job or of life in general, right? So pretty awesome, I think. So for me, I went from a job where I was working 50 to 80 hours a week and it was very intense and I didn't enjoy some of the people I was working with to one that felt much better to me. I really really enjoyed the surgeon that I worked with in Connecticut and I enjoyed the people I worked with so much and the hours were more normal. However, like I said, I still ended up carrying over the anxiety and stress anyway and still ended up emotionally eating anyway because I didn't do any of the work on my thoughts or my mindset and I still didn't know how to manage those emotions. Then when I eventually did because I discovered coaching and this was actually more after that job in my next job, that's when the stress and anxiety decreased substantially. That's when I overcame my emotional eating habit easily. It wasn't a lot of work either, which was really surprising to me at the time. And it's interesting because when I think about what I had to do to stop my emotional eating habit, it was more of what I had to think to stop my emotional eating habit. So that means that anyone can break their emotional eating habit because if you're able to think, meaning if you have a human brain, then you can break your emotional eating habit. It's not a matter of willpower. It's not a matter of something genetic. It doesn't matter if you have been diagnosed with something emotional or a mental health disorder. If you have a human brain and are capable of thinking, which I know you are, that means you can break your emotional eating habit. Trust me, I thought I was trying everything to manage my anxiety and stress and that if I was failing, then that meant it was just going to get worse for the rest of my life. I couldn't even think about if my anxiety got worse. So basically, life coaching sort of saved my life. Learning the skills of managing my emotions and increasing my self-love and appreciation for my body saved my life. So Moral of the story is you can conquer your emotional eating habit. And just a little side note, it's not always a negative emotion. It can also be a positive emotion, but that's less common. And it doesn't take a ton of time either. You actually start feeling better and more in control of your emotions and your actions relatively soon. 
Such good news because when we want relief from something that pains us, we want relief as quickly as possible, right? If you are in the same boat as I was or in a similar boat as I was and you want help getting out of the emotional eating and getting help with whatever emotions we're causing you to eat in response, I can help you. I've done it and I'm currently helping other career women do it. Let's talk about your specific situation via a free consult. By the way, a free consult is just where you and I get to talk. We talk about what you're struggling with, what your goals are, and I give you sort of a roadmap or action plan, if you will, of what would get you from where you are currently with your specific challenges and where you want to be. So it's very personalized. So at the very least, you feel a little bit better talking to me about it, oftentimes a lot better, more clarity and hope because you find out that there is a solution for you, right? So there's not just a solution, period. There's a solution for you specifically. So feel free to schedule a free consult with me. You can do so right on my website, katemjohnston.com. If you haven't been on my website, go there and check it out. There's lots of free resources and lots of um, good things for you to browse through, like blog posts. You can check out lots of the other podcast episodes. I have a free class. You can get on the list for weekly weight loss and eating habit and mindset tips. So you'll see also where you can book the consult, the free consult on the episode page. For the consult, you have a full hour if you need it so that you don't feel rushed. If you're a little bit nervous, that's okay. I have lots of questions that I ask you so you don't have to have anything prepared ahead of time if you don't feel like you know where to start. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you soon. Become the person who loves her eating habits and her body so you can enjoy more of your life. I'll help. Start now by just setting up a time to talk with me by visiting katemjohnston.com forward slash consult.